Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive. I'm excited to go over this month's talent report with Jim Morgan, our Vice President of Workforce Strategies, as we kind of go into what he's been seeing talent-wise for June. So just as a reminder, if you aren't familiar with the monthly talent report, Jim Morgan gives an up-to-the-minute review on what's going on in the world of business with an emphasis on talent, which is based on input from CEOs, CFOs, and HR leaders from MRA's 3,000-plus member companies. So thanks for coming on the podcast again, Jim. Glad to be here. Well, this month, it looks like you're focusing on employee engagement. So why did you choose this topic for June? You know, we've talked uh, in the past on the talent report about, you know, the last couple of years were attraction, 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 and everybody's spinning. And now, you know, people are starting to take a look at retention and how do we hang on to the people we've got so we're not spinning quite as much. And so employee engagement is just a, a huge part of that. And, you know, it's one of the things that we do here at MRA to do employee engagement surveys and do employee engagement strategies, because, I mean, right now, companies are really trying to get a handle on to what extent are their employees invested in the organization? You know, how do we how do we get them engaged? How do we get them aligned with the mission and vision of the organization? You know, how do they know that what they're doing truly contributes to what it is the organization as a whole is going to do? And really just trying to figure out, you know, how do we make sure they know their contributions are valued? And Mm -hmm. that all sounds very, oh, of course, you know, it's valued and we want to have you here. But, you know, if you're a couple layers removed from the top of the pyramid and you're thinking, okay, I'm just down here and I'm running the marketing department. What do I have to do with the other things? It's really trying to make sure that everybody understands what you did here today makes a difference in everything that we're we're trying to 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 accomplish. So I think part of it is just trying to figure that out, and then you know really trying to look at those employees that are having an organizational impact that are I'm not just in my little corner doing my own little thing, but I can see how if I keep doing this and add this to it, it has even a bigger impact you know, on the organization and really some of those employees that are going the extra mile that that usually is a pretty good sign of engagement that, you know, we asked Sophie to do A and she went and did A, B, C and D um, and engaged employees that you want me to do A, I'll do A. But you add those other things on and that's usually a pretty good indicator that you've got somebody that is good, is engaged and you really want to keep an eye on and those are the people you want to retain. And so how do we put something in place then? You know, we talked about emerging leader programs and things, you know, a week ago or, or a month ago. And it really does take that to say, okay, Sophie's an overachiever. Let's make sure, you know, Sophie wants to stay with us. So mm-hmm. everybody thinks you're the greatest person ever because you're my example for everything. So I know. I was going to say, geez, it's an honor. <laughs> Um, I know you have Christy Hazy joining you, um, our employee engagement survey director, and she was just on the podcast too, and she's got some great insights, so excited for that. Yeah, Christy's really good at what she does. I mean, she really understands that and has helped a lot of companies. Yep. 
absolutely. Well, let's kind of talk about what's happening in the recruiting and retention world right now. So, Jim, what's what's new here? A um, couple of things that, you know, I've, I've heard over the course of the last month. Um, you know, people are talking a lot about perfect attendance for employees and trying to hang on to them. And, you know, some folks may or may not know, but if you reward someone for perfect attendance, that might get into some salary and wage related issues um, that, you know, you may want to talk to your legal counsel about, but it affects their income. And so companies are now taking a look at, you know, maybe what we should be doing is offering paid time off for perfect attendance, because in essence, those people are there every single day. And one, the PTO might mean more to them. And two, it gets them away from some of those wage related issues. So companies now are looking at, you know, if you have perfect attendance for a quarter, you you earn two hours or you earn four hours. And so if you do that all year long, you could earn an extra day or two of, of paid time off. So trying to use that perfect attendance as a motivator by providing um, paid time off is, is, is a new one for us. Um, an interesting one on kind of the negative side, um, talking to some HR people, somehow we were talking about what their recruiters are seeing and companies are starting to see folks say, oh, you know, it says on your resume that you great that you graduated from UW Lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, I did. Because we called there and they don't have a record of that. Oh, I'll send you a copy of my diploma. And candidates are photoshopping um, diplomas, putting their name on it and sending it off to people. So um, I think employers are getting very smart about checking and double checking. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that if the registrar doesn't think you graduated, that's probably the person that you're gonna go to. And because you sent me a Photoshopped picture of a diploma, that's probably not going to do it for me. So points for creativity, but I'm not sure you're going to get away with that. I was going to say, if they're going that far to get the job. I mean... Yeah, I think I would just go back and take the six more credits and actually get the diploma. I think it's right. Easy. Anything else that's going on? In yeah, we, we've talked in the past about, um, you know, companies that were rewarding people for if you referred someone that they hired, you would get a bonus or whatever it might be. And we had an interesting, another one from a company that said, you know, we're now rewarding people for just giving us a qualified candidate. Even if we never interview them and we never hire them, we're just trying to increase that funnel of people whose names we have, should we ever need them. And so they're now rewarding, um, I think it was with gift cards, um, someone who I just write, hey, I know Sophie Bowler. She's really good at marketing and social media. Just want to throw it out there. And even if they're not looking for a social media expert or whatever it might be right now, but they look at the resume and they say, this would be a qualified person if we were ever looking, they'll reward them just for that, just so they've got names in the hopper. So that's sort of going um, a little bit farther than we than we have before. And then lastly, you know, there's been some surveys that have come out now just on employee engagement, and this is going to be a mixed message um, talent report, but the conference board had said something out that, you know, work-life balance satisfaction is up, um, workload satisfaction is better than it's been, performance review is better. So they're getting a lot of feedback from employees, you know, basically saying, you know, things aren't quite so bad. I, you know, I think, you know, we're doing okay here. And it's hard to read yet whether or not 
we've been through so much in the last three years that I don't know if they'll ever be normal again or if they'll ever be, uh, okay, the dust has settled and now we're back to even. And it might just be that some employees are starting to settle back in to say, all right, either I moved and this is where I'm going to be now and so I'm more content or I didn't go, but people took care of me and so I'm more content. So the engagement statistics from the conference board at least um, have a little bit have been a little bit more um, positive in terms of employees' outlook. I am going to contradict that in about five minutes. So you know, I feel like an economist. Yeah, the economy might go up, might go down. One of those two things is probably going to happen. So, um, but there is some positive news out there. Mm-hmm. So another topic I'd like to dive into is talent thinking section. You talked a lot about training on change management. So can you expand a little on that? Yeah, you know, the change management thing with everything that's been going on, remote work, um, new HRISs, um, new uh, technology, we've sort of disrupted everything. And companies are always talking about, boy, we really need to prepare people because we're about to move. Or we really need to prepare people because this shock is about to hit the organization. But the shock that's about to come ends up overriding the, the need to, okay, we got we to gotta give everybody some change management skills so that they're ready to, to go. And so one of the companies that we talked to said, you know, we have now made it um, part of our managers and uh, hiring manager's job to have conversations about change management with their employees at their one-on-ones. So the change management training at least took place at the higher levels, but their job now is to say, look, we may not have time to send 200 people through change management, but here are the skill sets that we want you to be talking about your employees, about how people adjust to change differently, how people prepare for change, some terminology and nomenclature about what change management might look like that they've almost taken it to a one-on-one stage. It says, look, this is an important skill set for you. Here are some resources for you. Uh, But if we're not going to have time to get everybody through a typical four or eight hour training session, we're at least going to expose everybody to some of the training that is necessary for for change management. So it was just a different way of approaching it and trying to make sure at least everybody had had a a little bit of a flavor anyway of of, uh, what's available out there. Yeah, it's a great example. Anything else you're seeing here? Well, the other thing, you know, this will be sort of the, um, I guess this is still part of the good news part, but on the retention side, you know, a survey by HR um, Dive that was talking about, again, how companies are trying to, in essence, double down on, let's identify what are the roadblocks and problems from people. Let's identify you know, what are just sort of those stones in their shoes that maybe we can get some of those things out of the way to, to really better understand um, what's causing some of the strife in their employees or what maybe there's just some little things that were this close to making them really happy. But we're going to really start trying to get some of those things out of the way that if this is what the stickler is, we can change the coffee in the coffee machine. We can do this type of flexibility. We can have healthier snacks just some of the little things that might be irritants, but now we're trying to really adjust those and um, get them out of the way for people. Mm -hmm. Well, kind of keeping that positive vibe here in the, from the field section, you mentioned that American workers are more content than ever, according to a recent survey from 2023. So Mm -hmm. why is that? 
you know, again, I think I'm going to go back to, you know, what I just said a couple of minutes ago is that there was so much turmoil, turmoil and so much change and so many people realizing I can make four bucks more an hour, six bucks more an hour. I'm in demand right now. I can get a signing bonus if I go someplace else. All of those things were very attractive. And I think people went and did them because there was obvious personal benefit. But that's a little bit of turmoil in your life, too, that all of a sudden you uprooted yourself. Maybe you had to move. Maybe you've got different hours. You got to meet all new people at the office. And as good as it sounded and as great as the money was, um, you now had to figure out a whole bunch of things. And that all happened a year and a half ago. Um, and, and so, again, I think we might be back to people are now settling in again. Like, okay, I've been here. I'm a little bit happier with my pay maybe now because I moved or I went to um, a working office, whether it was in-person or remote, that better served me. And so I, I made decisions to go somewhere that met my work-life balance, that met my needs and demands. And I think you're starting to see that now as people are starting to report out on, here's what's going on, here's what we're seeing. And um, now they're just a little bit happier about some of the things that are happening. Yeah. All good stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's the good stuff. So there's my there's my contradiction um, of what's happening out there. Right. So how about C-suite level? What are leaders doing now and what should they really be aware of right now? Um, there's a couple of things going on. One of them um, that was sort of interesting is, you know, in a lot of cases, companies are using their own employees as trainers and which is a wonderful thing. It's complimentary. You know, we may come to you and say, Hey, Sophie, can you put on just basic training on social media for some of our people that aren't engaged? Or can you do a little advanced training for some of our people that are engaged? And while I'm sure that would, that's flattering to you to say, oh, people recognize that I can be training and teaching on these things, I also have my day job, and now I've got to start to prepare for that. And so people are being picked because of their subject matter expertise to go train others on some of the things that are going on. And companies are now rewarding that saying, look, you know, you're making blank dollars an hour or we're going to give you an incentive if you're an hourly person to say we'll up your rate when you're doing preparation and training because we know it's above and beyond for you. Or we'll provide you a bonus to do this, you know, one time, prepare, execute, measure your success. And so they're realizing that that's not everybody can train. And so if you've got a subject matter expert who can train, you know, let's begin to reward them for some of that. Absolutely. We're seeing things now on the economic uncertainty, you know, continuing to sort of swirl about. I don't think anybody's in panic mode still. It's like it's always three months away and it's been three months away now for, you know, a year. But it's causing companies to start with some of the, you know, what ifs if something happens, if all of a sudden sales drops, if we can't get raw material, if we have to cut back, what's the playbook look like? Like, let's think through this when we have time to think through it so that if we actually do have to execute it, it's sort of like, you know, we all did disaster recovery plans a while back when we thought, boy, we better be prepared for this. We've all put cybersecurity plans in place now because we think, boy, we better be ready for this. The same thing's happening now with just what if we have to cut back or we have to adjust and you know reduce our expenses, whatever it might be. They're sort of putting in the what if playbook 
so that they're they're prepared for it. And the last thing that we're hearing a lot about is sort of this environmental, social, and governance issues that are going on because of the European Union's corporate sustainability reporting directive, and that's a whole bunch of words or letters around words. But it's on CER, CEO's radar because the European Union has set these rules around environmental, social, and governance issues that have expectations around, you know, what are your emissions? What's your social contract? Um, how are you running your organization? And even though it's not an American requirement, if your mothership is in Europe or you are a supplier to a, uh, to a European company, they're now looking down the supply chain and saying, okay, well, we're being judged on this and we're supposed to be judging our suppliers on this. So we now have some questions for you around your environmental, social and governance issues. And can you report back to us on this? And so companies are now, you're starting to see it pop up on websites. They're starting to review some of the things that they're doing to make sure that they have data to back up their environmental footprint or whatever they might be doing to reduce emissions. So it's putting a little bit more pressure on companies to um, be telling their story, to be recording what they're doing. So seeing a little bit more of that, and that's becoming, I don't want to say a headache for people, but it is another piece of information that they have to, in essence, begin to record and, you know, see what's happening. Mm -hmm. I know some of the earlier strategies you mentioned fall under succession planning, but any other creative strategies you've been seeing here? The succession planning is, it's sort of omnipresent now. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody knows what should be going on. I think I talked a month ago about there seems to be a little conflict growing between some of the HR people who are looking at maybe demographics, um, a whole bunch of other things saying, you know, we're going to lose 75% of our executive committee in the next five years, or 30% of our staff are over the age of 60. We're going to have a lot of intelligence walking out the door, really just trying to get people to think strategically about, are we ready for this? What happens not only if we lose at this level, but what if we lose at this level or three key people out of one department can in essence shut that down? Are we ready for that? So they're really looking strategically around the entire company to say, you know, if we lose this person or two people out of this department, or we only have one person who knows how to run this piece of machinery, those people are just as important in succession planning now as who's the next COO, who's the next CFO. So it's really become almost a, a strategy within strategic planning now on the talent side to say, what are our biggest uh, weak points here? Where, you know, where can this all break down that it's going to have just an incredible sort of impact on us to say, if this happens, we don't really have a plan B. So I think they're just trying to make sure there's a plan B for just about everything that's out there. Kind of looking at the end of your talent report now, the last section, you've got a chart there that shows the top six reasons why different generations stay in their current job. So can you kind of talk about what's on the chart for a little bit? Yeah, the, the first one we looked at is why did you decide to stay? And, you know, this was done by McKinsey and it's a very large study and it took all of the um, generations into place just to see if there were differences and things like that. You know, and in terms of overall, the number one reason for staying was total compensation. 
you know, so we talk about a whole bunch of things, but money still matters. Um, and it mattered more to the two older generations, the Gen X and, and the baby boomers. But it really was right there in second place for the millennials. Um, Gen Z, it was actually at the very bottom. And I think that's mostly because their first job probably increased their salary by, you know, fourfold because they just went from making $12 an hour somewhere to getting their job. But for just about everybody else, um, that's still a big deal. The second big deal is, is meaningful work. And that is really um, amongst everybody that I want to know that what I'm doing actually makes a difference and, you know, I'm having an impact on things. So that was number two. And number three was workforce flexibility. And we hear that absolutely everywhere. And we hear it from basically everybody that I'm looking, you know, I want to be able to work a little bit on my time and, you know, my, my situation, the work-life balance, I want to be able to do it. On the why I moved, um, here the money is everything. Across all five, uh, four generations, money matters. That was, was basically number one. The second one, though, with the people who took the new job was career development and advancement potential. So that might be one where on that retention side, wherever they were working, um, they weren't paying attention to what are these people looking for and what is it that they need? So they really, that one jumped up between, you know, why I stayed and why I left. So I think it really speaks to that career ladder, the where am I going, how am I going to get there? That part is really a big deal. And somehow these new companies that they went to, they offered them money and that probably got their attention, but then they were very excited to find out the development and advancement opportunities. So I think that plays a little bit more to the long-term um, of what they were looking for. So money matters, um, but I think that advancement and that, you know, feeling like I'm wanted and feeling like I'm, you know, sort of loved here in terms of what's going on um, does make a difference too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, as we wrap up here, I've got to ask you, can you give us a sneak peek on next month's um, July talent report. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for the July one. We're going to be talking um, with the head of our roundtables department. We have over a thousand people um, in our roundtables throughout our now five state um, area, um, representing about 600 companies. And this is everything from, you know, payroll, HR generalists, CHROs, marketing, IT. CFOs, CEOs, and we're going to be talking about basically cumulatively, what are we hearing out there? Like what's going on? This is almost a, a focus group of a thousand business people to say, when we look at the first six months of this year and maybe the last 18 months, what are they talking about? What's the commonality? Is the same thing on the mind of a CEO as is on the mind of a benefits manager? Are those completely separate? Where are the differences and things like that? So I think we're going to have some pretty interesting insights from business leaders all over the upper Midwest at all different levels talking about, hey, this is what's keeping us up at night. And we'll see how that relates to, to some of the other things that are going on out there. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for that one. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Jim, for being on 30 Minute Thrive and sharing June's talent report. You always bring great current insights and information. So we appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Love doing it. <laughs>
But to our listeners, I'd encourage you to share this episode, leave a comment or review, and consider joining MRA if you aren't a member already. We have all the resources you need in the show notes below. We've got Jim's bio and LinkedIn profile, along with some talent report resources in the show notes as well. Otherwise, again, thank you for tuning in, and thanks, thanks Jim, too, and we'll see you next week. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.